Shavuot, Shavuot Tovim Vorach, we are studying the 21st chapter of Hilchot Yishut Sefer Nashim of Mishetel of Rambam. This chapter deals with some of the rights that the husband has over his wife's, um, let's call it, uh, services. So in a way, to translate it to more modern terms, this is a chapter that, that establishes that there is a pool of, of income and the wife is expected to work and to contribute to the income, to the budget of the family. Halacha Aleph. Anything that a woman comes about, let's say she gets a gift or she finds something, and also her income is supposed to come to her husband. That's part of the deal under the Ketubah. He promises to take care of her, but at the same time, anything that she brings into the home gets joined into the same pool. In what kind of tasks is she expected to do? Of course, we don't want her to clean bathrooms, but what should she do in order to provide a second income to the family? Everything is like the local custom. Whenever the local custom is that she she, she goes and weaves. That's what she should do. She should weave. If she does details on, on, on fabrics, that's what she should do. Litvot is actually weaving. Le'erog is, uh, is something more... Litvot um, is more with the hands. Le'erog is more with a, with a machine that they used to use. Semer or Pishtan, Semer is uh, wool, Pishtan is uh, linen. We'll see that they are different. Th- that's what she should do. And if it was customary in that place for women to do all of these things, then the only thing that he can expect her to do and demand of her to do is to do teviyah, to weave, but with wool only, not with linen. Why? Because the linen working with linen has a secondary effect, a detrimental effect, which is when you put it in your mouth, the threads in your mouth in order to, to make it uh, straighter, that's what people do. It damages the lips and the mouth, and it's not right to force a woman to do something that is going to hurt her. And the Torah already recognizes that weaving is a melacha that is particular to women. It's always been the case. <coughs> For some reason, even today, weaving is something that um, attracts many women, not many men. But the Torah already recognizes that, and that's what they did for the Mishkan. If she pushed herself and did more than what she was expect, expected to do, then that income also joins the family. It's not going to be her own. And proof to that is it's not any more hers than 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 something that she ends up finding. If they both are very wealthy, the husband and the wife, even if they had many servants, it's not right for the woman to sit idle at home without engaging in any task whatsoever. Because being idle brings to 
immoral behavior. Being bored brings about immoral behavior. אבל אין כופי נוטה לעשות מלאכה כל היום כולו, אלא לפי הממון ממרץ במלאכה. However, uh, even though the husband should expect his wife to work a little bit, just so she's engaging something productive and not wasting all of her time all day, she should, she should not, she need not work all day long, she, she needs to work only a little bit according to their means. הלכה ג' והמדיר את אשתו שלא תעשה מלאכה כלל יוסיף וייתן כתובה שהבטלה מביאה לזה זימה. On the other side also, if the husband wants his wife not to work at all and he makes a promise not to work at all, that is enough to force him to divorce her and to give her a ketubah because working is one of the rights of the woman as well, not only an obligation but also a right. And a woman is entitled to claim to her husband, I cannot, my dear, be idle all day long because batala brings about zimma. So too, on the more personal side, every wife is expected to wash her husband's face, hands, and feet. This was the kind of washing that people would do at home. If they wanted to wash their, their entire body, they'd go to Bet Amrahas, to, to a public bathhouse. So she, she could be expected to wash her husband's face, hands, and feet. She also should serve him uh, wine. It's, it was always taken as a form of showing endearment. She should make his bed, which was also understood to be somewhat suggestive. And she also should generally serve him, like bringing him water, or passing him some utensil that he wants, or clean <coughs> the table after he's done eating. And things of this sort. However, she shouldn't be expected to do this for her husband's father or her husband's Uh, and these tasks that we just mentioned are very personal, intimate she should be the one doing them herself not send a servant to do it on her behalf even if she has several servants these tasks are meant to be specific for the wife to the husband they are very intimate tasks and they increase the intimacy between the husband and the wife There's other tasks that in a case of a poor couple, the wife is also expected to do for her husband. And these are they, these pay attention, these were only done by poor women, not rich women. Baking, bread. And by the way, Ezra made a beautiful tekana, which is that women should bake their bread early, early in the morning. Why? Because at a little, a little later than early, early in the morning, just early in the morning is when the poor people are desperate for food and they start going around asking from house to house for food. So it's beautiful if women have just baked bread and they have something to share so that when the poor person comes, they'll be able to give them something fresh. She also cooks for him. She make, makes his laundry. 
שישות breastfeed his son. ונותנת תבן לפני בהמתו, אבל לא לפני בקרו. She should also feed his animals, but not בקר. בקר is cows. Cows are a little dif- more difficult to, to feed, and they are not domestic. They are, they are, it's more, it's more his domain, because they are used for work. They are used for working the land. ומטחנת, she also makes flour. They used to make flour back in the day. They used to take the grain and grind it. She should do that as well. Pay attention, all of these things were done only by poor people. כיצד מתחנת? What does it mean that she should grind? יושבת ברחיים ומשמרת את הקמח ועשה בתוכנת ומחמרת אחר הבהמה. So there is many ways by which she can grind. She could, for example, do herself in the רחיים, in the grind. Or משמרת את הקמח, or watch after the, the flower. ועשה בתוכנת, or... If, if they, they do have someone that does this for, for them, she could go and prompt this lady who is a tohenet to do it on her own. Perhaps tohenet used to be a kind of utensil, we don't know. Or she could lead or direct the animals to, to push the, the large rehaim, uh, the large grindhouse. So that the... the That the, the grain continues to be ground. And even if in that city, in that town, the local custom was that the grinding is made by hand, that's what she's expected to do. Again, in a poor couple that they don't have any servants. And all of this is with poor people. אבל אם הכניסה לו שפחה אחת או נכסים של אלוהים לקנות בהם שפחה אחת, however, if the woman when they get married, as we said, the father is supposed to give her a gift. So if this gift was a servant, like Lavan gave to Rachel and to Leah, or if there is enough assets that they can hire a servant, or buy a servant back in the day, או שהייתה לו שפחה אחת, or that the husband already had, או שהיה לו ממון כדי לקנות שפחה אחת, or he had enough money, to obtain a servant, in a matchenet, then she should not be expected to do the grinding of the flour, or baking, or laundry, or feeding his, his domestic animals. Once they have enough for two servants, or enough assets for getting two servants, so this is whether it comes from her or from him, או שהיה ראוי לקנות שתי שפחות, אינה מבשלת, she no longer needs to cook, ואינה מניקה את בינה, she no longer needs to breastfeed, אלא נותנת אותו לשפחה להניק, this was very common back in the day, that women, especially more important women, would not breastfeed their children, breastfeeding is something that takes away a lot of calories from the body, it makes the woman be weaker, forces her to eat more, and It was considered to be an undesirable thing to do, and high-class women would always hire someone else to breastfeed their children. So if you were paying attention, there is five tasks that every wife does for her husband. Tova, she weaves, she washes his face, hands and feet, she serves him wine, ומסעת את המיטה, she makes his bed for him. 
עומדת לשמש לפניו, she serves him in little things like serving dinner, taking the plates away and so on. Those are the five things that everyone, every wife should do for her husband regardless of status. והמלאכות שמקצת הנשים עושות ואותנו מקצתן אינן עושות, הן המלאכות that only some women do and some women don't do depending on status, on financial and social status. שש מלאכות, there is six of them. מטחנת, which is grinding, באופה, baking, ומשלת, cooking, ומכבסת, laundering, ומניקה, nursing, ונותנת לב לפני בהמתו, and feeding the animals. הלכה חטא, כל מלאכות שהאישה עושה לבעלה, נידה עושה לבעלה. Slightly different topic, any melacha that a wife does for her husband, also at times when she's nida and they cannot be together, she should continue doing those melachot for him. Husmi, there is only three that don't fit this statement. Mezigat akos, serving wine for her husband. Ve'asa'at hamita, making his bed. Ve'alhasat panav yada ve'raglav, or washing his hands, feet and face. because all of these are very intimate and they might bring about a certain desire between the husband and the wife and they cannot be together at that time. She may have only all and they may come to, to be together at the moment when it's forbidden for them to do so. Therefore, if she does these things differently than regularly, in a way that's less intimate, for example, she makes his bed, but not in front of him, or she serves his glass of wine, but then doesn't give it to him on his hand, but rather puts it on, on the table or, or somewhere else, and then he takes it, then all of those things are fine. Halachatet. Ha'isha she'shavra kelim be'ait she'osa melachoteha betoch betaha betura. Let's say that the husband had a very large collection of very expensive things, and it's not a marriage, it's a marriage that's not like, you know, everyone forgives everyone else, and then the wife um, is cleaning his uh, whatever, and then she breaks some of these very expensive things, so, and then they get divorced, let's say, and he wants to sue her for those thousands of dollars that she made him lose, so he has no claim, She's Petura. Venzamin Hadin. And this is not because we are applying the regular laws of Hovelu uh, Mazik, of, uh, but rather it's a Takana, it's a specific Takana from Chachamim. Shaim Enata Merken, because if you didn't do this, if you didn't do this Takana exempting the woman from any liability for <clears throat> anything she breaks while engaging in the services that wives do for her husbands. Then think about what would happen. What would happen is that women would become very um, very shy from doing these things. They would shy away from serving their husbands. And our interest is increasing shalom between husband and wife. We don't want the wife to tiptoe around the house being worried that she might break something and her husband might in the future sue her for that. Shaymen ata omer ken, en shalom betoch habayt le'olam. This would increase fights between them. If a woman is declining, she's refusing to do some of the little services that are known to be services a wife does for her husband. And we said before, 
everything is coming Haga Medina, then the, he can came, come to the Beddin, and the Beddin might interfere even by physical coercion. Of course, not any Beddin would do that today, but back in the day that might be the case. Pay attention, the husband is not allowed to lift a finger against his wife. That's even 800 years ago. Even 800 years ago, Jewish husbands never lifted a finger against their wife. This was all through a Beddin. He's coming to the Beddin to ask them to intercede, to interfere, because he cannot. And if a husband lifts a finger against his wife, this is dealt with as any battery, any claim of battery from any Yehudi against another Yehudi. And if you want more details about that, that's Ilchot Hovelu Mazdik, Perek Dalet. If, if, he, if he says she's not doing this thing for me and she says, no, I am, and then, uh, you know, the Beddin doesn't know what to do, then the Beddin can decide what to do in that case and they can send a woman to mediate between them or ask the neighbors to come and tell what they saw and everything is according to what the Dayan thinks at that moment is most appropriate. When a woman is nursing, then the expectation of her working is lessened and the right that she has to mezonot increases. She gets more food and she's supposed to contribute less towards the income of the household. And, and you give to her wine and other things that are, that are good for milk production for some reason they production we I don't think that's what's understood to be the case today let's say that the husband didn't want to give her whatever amount or the husband is away and the Beddin is the one deciding how much he should get. And they decided based on her situation that this is how much he should get of Mezonot. And she wants to eat more because she's hungrier than that. Then this is something that has to come from her own pocket. However, even if she wants to eat much more than what's healthy, and the husband is worried that this is going to hurt the child or bring her to miscarry because she's over overeating. He has no right to prevent her from overeating because she has the right to take care of her immediate needs before she has the obligation to bring the baby to term. Just to give you a flavor of how halacha and Torah are not always in line with uh, conservative philosophy. So any Christian conservative would tell you that uh, the, the life inside the woman's womb is a full life and the woman needs to do everything and anything in order to, to keep it alive. From here we see that's not exactly the case and even her suffering from being hungry in a way supersedes the concern that we might have for the well-being of the child. If she gives birth to twins, 
We don't obligate her to feed both of them. Illa Minikai had, rather she's only expected to nurse one of them. And then the husband is responsible for bringing a, a wet nurse for the second one. If the wife wants to nurse not only her son, but also the son of her friend, then the husband is entitled to prevent that because that's depriving his son from milk. And she and he's entitled to demand that she nurses their son exclusively. If she makes a nether, I'll never nurse my, my child. He can still demand that she does so until 24 months. That's the time that they used to nurse children for. Boys and girls, they both were fed until 24 months. He omitted an yanik at Let's say she wants to nurse, and he doesn't want her to nurse because nursing, as we said, it, it takes a toll on the body. It uh, it makes the woman weaker. So he doesn't want her to nurse. She wants to nurse. She has the right to. Even if they have several servants, we listen to her. Because she also suffers for not nursing and not having that moment with her child. In other words, it's not only for the child. Three, there are three parties here. All three of them have an interest in nursing. One is the husband. He wants his son to grow up healthy. The other one is his wife. And the wife wants to feel that closeness with the child. And third is the child for whom this is life or death. If, if they were poor and they have no what nurse and she is up, she, she, she's required to nurse, so she has to nurse. However, he was very wealthy and he could afford hiring a wet nurse. Even if they don't have any servants at the moment, if the wife says, you know what, my husband, you're I'm, I'm very poor, you're very wealthy, but I don't think it's right for me to nurse. Because you could you could afford to bring someone, so I'm not going to nurse your child. So he has to hire a wet nurse or bring a servant. Because the woman always goes up in status, as we mentioned several times. And now, although she came in as Ania, now she's deemed to be Ashira by virtue of her husband being Ashir. If she comes to the Bedin, she claims, my husband is very rich, he can afford bringing a wet nurse, and he says, no, I can't, then the burden is on her to prove that he has enough money, and we don't even force him to swear that he doesn't have money like we do sometimes when we believe her a little bit. So in this case, her claim is baseless until she proves it. Very interesting. Now about divorcees, a woman after she gets divorced, her husband cannot force her to feed their child. Because as we mentioned, it's a responsibility of the husband of the father to feed children up to the age of six. 
אלא אם רצת, נותן לה שכרה האומניקטו. Rather, if she agrees to it, then the husband pays her as he would pay a wet nurse, and she feeds their child on his behalf. ואם לא רצת, and if she doesn't want to nurse, נותנת לו את בנו והוא מטפל בו. She's entitled to give him his son and ask him to feed him. במה דברים אמורים שלא הניקה אותו עד שהכירה? When are we saying this? When she didn't start feeding the baby to the point that the baby is already used to her. אבל היא מכירה, but if the baby already got used to her. ואפילו היה שומא, even a blind baby, uh, which God forbid was much much more common back in the day than today many many things that are solvable today led to blindness back in the day so a blind baby you would think is not so attached to his mom but no a blind baby also is attached to his mom it's through smell through other things even a blind baby we wouldn't separate him from his mother because it's too traumatic and it can actually endanger the life of the child אלא כופין אותה ומניקה אותו בשכר עד 24 חודש, rather we actually coerce her, she has no choice, she must continue nursing her child, and we can do this through the 24th month, through 24 months, and she's paid for it by the husband. הלכה י"ז, הגירושה אין לה מזונות, a woman after being divorced, she has no מזונות, she gets no support, from her husband, אף על פי שהיא מניקה את בנו, even while she's nursing his child, אבל נותן לה יותר על שכרה, but he must pay her in addition to what he pays her as a wet nurse, he must give her דברים שהקטן צריך להן, all the needs of the baby, מכסות ומאכל ומשקה, clothing and food and drinks ושיחה and creams וכיוסה בה. and things of that sort, however, a woman, while she's pregnant, before she starts nursing, although she needs to eat more for the sake of the child, she, if she's divorced, she has no special rights to get any mesonauts from the husband while she's pregnant. Second part, after the 24 months have passed and the boy or the girl um, baby goes through a process called gemila like we see with his hak avinu beyom he gamelet his hak avraham made a big party so after the 24 months passed and the the child becomes nigmal now this is about child custody Where does the child stay? If the mother wants him by her, she has the right to keep him around her until the age of six, uh, seven, in other words, until he turns seven and one day. And we force the father to support him that, or her, that little child, until the age of six. even when he's living by the mother who is divorced from the father. And after the age of six, the, hus- the ex-husband is entitled to say that he'll condition feeding of the children with custody. So he's entitled to say, 
I'll feed the children, but only if they live with me. Otherwise, no. I'm sorry, this was only with boys. However, with girls, the girl is always with her mother, whether before or after the age of six. What does it mean? Let's say that the father has enough money not only for himself, but also to give sedaka to others. The Bet-Din can confiscate his property and force him to feed his child according to how much he needs. Or in the case of the girl, they feed the girl while she is living with her mother. Even if the mother remarries to somebody else, the girl continues living with her and the father continues feeding her and we treat this as a form of tzedakah and until the father dies at which time she continues getting supported from the, as we said in the last chapter from the assets of the father as one of the tanaim of the ketubah while again living by the mother if the mother happens to not want to have custody of her children, girls or boys, she's entitled to, she's not obligated to keep supporting the children of her husband. That's a husband's responsibility to feed his, the, the, the father to feed his children. And she's entitled to give them to their father. And she's not obligated to, to, to feed her children. This is a responsibility of a father, not of the mother. And therefore, if the husband, for some reason, whatever reason, is not able to or willing to take custody of them and support them, then she's entitled to pass on that responsibility to the community and tell them, I, I'm not interested in being a mother, I can't support the children, whatever it might be, please take care of them. And with this, we finish chapter 21. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.